Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. Yay, we're back! (laughs) February, the month of love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Liz. So, um, before, you know, we get into anything else, you got to go meet one of our more talked about Mm -hmm. authors, um, from a genre that we really enjoy reading. So tell us a little bit about your book signing event that you got to go to. Yeah, so it's been quite a big month for the two of us. It's like a big year for us so far. Yeah. January, you got to meet uh, the, the the legend that is Lee Bardugo. Oh, I did. Um, and then a few days ago, well, about last week, um, I got to meet Holly Black. Ooh. So they both got big books out um, that came out, I think, literally a week apart. Yeah, they did. Um, obviously, Holly's um, Holly Black's new book is Stolen Air, which Holly has read. Mm, and I I've read Lee Bardugo books. So it's kind <laughs> of like a little kind of <laughs> yep. switched over. Um, to be fair, I only just got my copy last week, so that'd be why. But yeah, so it was actually um, it was uh, in London. Uh, on the day of the tra- train strikes as well, which was a nightmare. Uh, oh. I nearly couldn't make it. I didn't realize so, that. Luckily. Yeah. The one day, like last week, they had two train strikes. And it was on one of those two train strikes. Oh, no. Such pain. But it's fine. I managed to get there, so all is good. Um, but it was held at this um, really beautiful church um, in Piccadilly called St. James's. And I actually found out afterwards that this church was used as the church in um Bridgerton. Wow. Is the church is yeah, so the church is beautiful from your pictures. It's yeah. gorgeous. It is a stunning church. I mean, you wouldn't believe the location of it. It's literally just on this sort of long high street. It's not even like in the middle of nowhere and thing. There's a, about two shops down is the massive um waterstones for a start. Guess <laughs> <laughs> so that's convenient. Yeah, it's just literally just set back a little bit from all of these shops. It's really strange location. Um, but no, it's beautiful, um, church. And as I say, it's for anyone who watches Bridgerton, which I, I love it. Um, it's when Anthony gets married to Edwina, um, it's that church. So that's the church they used to film in. And it was when, um, Anthony and, uh, Kate has a very sort of intense moment. Um, but yeah, so that's, that is my little thing. Um, it was a long evening. <laughs> it, was, it was fully booked. Um, so it was very busy. And it's really interesting. So she was really nice. Um, very kind of funny and chatty. She had this um, TikTok influencer interviewing. Huh. And so we found out all about kind of... She said that the new character, Ren, um, is kind of partly based off um, aspects of, her, her, of herself that she doesn't particularly like. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say interesting because um, Ren in the book because I've read the book I'm like yeah. if if you've read the book you'll kind of know why that's interesting. Uh, she said that there may well be other books in the series like in the same universe which is very exciting. Well, this was supposed to be a duology. Any... Like she already came out and said that the cruel that this not the cruel prince yeah. but the the stolen air but was gonna be after that. Yeah. Oh, after, after the duology. That, yeah. Okay. Um, but she hasn't got any particular kind of ideas or characters in mind at the moment. Um, but yeah, so it was some really interesting stuff. I got some really interesting kind of things because obviously 
we interview authors all the time. Uh-huh. So I often l- listen out in interviews for some of the questions that we ask. And one of the questions that she um, she was actually asked was, what piece of advice can you give to an aspiring writer? Um, which is one that we ask all the time. And I really liked her response. It was, write for the reader's part of you, the reader's side of you, not the writer's side of you. Ah. I really liked that. So kind of, don't write, yeah, don't write using the writer's side of you write as if you're just a reader kind of thing yeah like read what write what you want to read yeah yeah i yeah i, I get like that. that that makes a lot of sense did she did she give any like spoilers away did she give any hints about like like when i went to see lee bardugo she like she dropped mm-hmm. some like mention of like you know hey pay attention because there's stuff that you're going to learn in how bent about alex's you know, culture and, and things like that, like a little Easter eggs. Did, did Holly say anything about like any type of hidden messages, Easter eggs, anything that she's like planting the seed for? Um, she didn't really. I mean, she did say that by the end of it, we should have an idea of who, what characters will be, will be in the next kind of part of the geology. Okay. It would give us an idea. Um, but she didn't really say too much. It was more about kind of, characters and they spoke about um she spoke about like fantasy worlds and how she got started in in writing how she always wanted to be a writer um and how she actually joined the whole writing community through a completely like different way to the way you can now because Mm. she didn't have an, an agent she was just taken on by a um by a publisher Oh wow! Because this was like a good twenty years ago, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't need a you didn't need a, a um an agent back then. Interesting. But no, it was yeah, it was really interesting. Um, some people ask some the weirdest questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was really good, and oh, it, it took forever. I almost missed my my train because <laughs> I um I was sat near the back, and they basically they did the signings from the front backwards. Yeah. Um. And in the end, I was just like, I was about to walk out and I said to the person, like, I need to catch my train. She was like, when's your train? I was like, 40 minutes. And she was, and she just put me on the back of the line rather than like having to wait until my line's been called. Oh, that was nice. So I managed to, yeah, I managed to get in. I didn't really talk. I didn't have much time to talk, but yeah, she was really nice. And I got my pre-signed one uh, personalized and then I got my cruel prints. Um, as well. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and I will say I got to meet um, one of my bookstagram. All right, so poor yeah, I got to meet one of my friends as well. All right, poor Liz is going to have a little bit of technical difficulties Thank throughout you. this episode as she sounds like a dying robot from time to time. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> What's funny is that we're on a Zoom call, so I can see her. <laughs> now, remember, everyone, give her some, give her like a little bit of slack. She did just recently move into a new house, and her her broadband internet keeps getting <laughs> delayed. So the poor thing, that's going to be her Valentine's Day gift is um is is working working broadband. So um, so <laughs> if she if she ever gets cut off in mid sentence and I jump in. She's just experiencing her um her her hot spot is getting tired and needs to to regroup. All right. So Holly Black was a success. Yes, Liz. 
All right, she's getting yeah, the thumbs that was, up. Yeah, pretty good. Can you hear me? Hear me yep. again now? Yep. You just kind of go in and out, so we'll just okay. kind of like you know add some fluff until <laughs> you. Oh, <laughs> you come back. But yeah, overall it was fantastic. I got to meet um, somebody I've been speaking to for ages um, on Instagram <clears throat> um, called Micro Bookworms, and yeah, it was just really really good time. So definitely recommend if you can get to any book events like somebody might be going to next month Ollie. yeah and it's <laughs> funny because uh, I don't usually open my, some of my emails because I get so many you know like just like the junk emails like whatever um but when I went to see Lee Bardugo a changing hands bookstore part of like buying your ticket is you kind of sign up for the the bookstores like newsletter or whatever and um Mm. I don't really, I just, I just don't, I haven't opened any of them since then, but I just happened to open the one I received this past week. And in the email, it's like, Neil Schusterman on February 3rd. I'm like, no, I missed it. And of course, cause that's all I saw. Like all I saw was his name and the date and the time. And I'm like, and I opened it on Friday, February 3rd at like 4 PM. And so I took a screenshot of it, <laughs> sent it to, to you, Liz. And I'm like, no. And then you respond back with, um, it was postponed till March. And I'm like, Oh, completely missed it. I was just like so upset that I wasn't aware that he was coming. Um, so yeah, so Neil Schusterman has been postponed, uh, until March. So now I'm like on like the Everbright system where you buy the tickets and seeing like are the tickets open. Uh, right now it's, it's still just as postponed. It doesn't have a new date listed on the oh, Everbright okay. ticket sale site. Um, so I can't buy tickets. So, but. I am going to be monitoring that mm. because I would love to go see Neil Schusterman because, um, of course, he's the author of the Scythe trilogy. So, and that's a that's one. Oh, of, yeah. That'd be amazing. I know two authors in one year. I that know. And, it, and that means that I've got to go to one in April because then we have like one every other every month. Every other month. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's really cool. I didn't, I just... You know, because Changing Hand Bookstores is on the other side of town, so it, it's about an um, 45 minutes to an hour drive from my side of town because I live on the far west side of Phoenix, so this yeah. bookstore is, like, all the way on the other side of Phoenix, so it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. So I never really paid attention, but now that I, like, looked at this, I opened this one email, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm, like it seems like every author just kind of comes through and rotates through that that bookstore. Like there's like there's a children's book author that's coming in, and it's just like they're always having these events. So I'm like, this is, I'm gonna have to start paying I was gonna attention. Say, yeah, in three months they've had Neil Schusterman, Schusterman and Lee Bardugo. So yeah, they must be a big bookstore. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, um, it's like a used, it's like a mixture of used and new books. It's a really cool bookstore. It's big. It has a, um, mm. a bar, like a little bar attached to it. It's like, um, I can't remember, like first, first <laughs> draft bar or something. Um, really cute like that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to start opening the emails from now on so I don't miss any other oh, <laughs> authors yeah. that I want to see. On it. Yeah, cause I'm just like, ugh, I could, I could use some, some fun things like that. But, uh, alright, so you got Holly Black signed book. We're good on author tours right now. Um, well, you need to keep an eye out to see who comes back to London. Um, oh, yeah. And then we'll see if I get to Neil Schusterman next month. Uh, alright. <laughs> So big topic for this this month's episode is obviously it's it's val it's Valentine's Day month it's February 
Um, we do have a special guest coming on um, for the last segment of our show, uh, Amy, who is the owner of Words and Kisses online bookstore, um, So she, which specializes in romance. So we're going to talk a little bit about her uh, in a little bit. So just to kind of get us in that frame of mind with romance, so I did read an article um, not that long ago, probably in, in like maybe two or three weeks ago, about romance books just in general and how their popularity has is at its highest point in about the last ten years. So ten years ago is probably a little over, um, a little over ten years ago, we had like one of those peak peak moments in the romance world when we had 50 shades of gray hit the shelves and of course <laughs> that was a you know a trilogy that came out over the course of a couple years but the popularity behind whether we liked it or not liz is making this shaking the head <laughs> it wasn't the best but undeniably had huge huge sales and really kind of yeah. changed how romance books were were looked at and the popularity of them at that time after that it kind of died back down and now we're back up to its highest peak since about that time so i i know liz that you you know you kind of seen the same the same article that i've seen um why just in your own mind why do you think that romance books is making this huge comeback right now. I mean, I think partly from all the lockdowns we had a few years ago, people want a happy ending. They want to read something that's, that's lighthearted and that something's going to cheer them up and is heartwarming. Um, But as also the, um, as the article also said, which I completely agree with, we are getting a lot more romance adaptations. So we had things like um, the hating game. We have had, the flat share we've had loads of other rom-coms come to the big screen or come to tv which has really brought up the popularity and kind of made them um made them more popular across not just the romance um book readers so i think it's a mixture of things really but i think it's nice that they that they have become like we are seeing this peak again because i mean 10 years is a long time it's nice that we're seeing seeing it peak and not because of some Awful cheesy <laughs> theories. <laughs> yeah, and and, um, and I I agree. It's it's you know it was cheesy, and it was only like this one series, this one trilogy of books. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, one I think we also yeah. see. Yeah, we have lots and lots of authors uh, that were that we're beginning to see pop up, and we're beginning to see a lot more romance blended with other genres. And I think as yeah. people like are reading, you know, fantasy and they're seeing the romance in there or they're seeing the, the mysteries and the thrillers and there's romance in there, just the contemporary fiction with aspects of romance, they're, they're leading themselves to check out the other pure romance genre, uh, books. And yeah. uh, here's interesting, here's an interesting, um, kind of like fact that came from this article too, that, Okay, don't look for it. 
I want to I want to see what you're going to guess if you have if he didn't pay attention to it. What do you think the predominant age group is right now that's buying the majority of these romance books? See, even if I hadn't looked at the article, I probably would have said what the one like just below below us kind of thing. So the early to mid twenties, I would have said. Yeah, because if you think about the kind of the genre and the style of writing, it is very much geared towards kind of early Gen Z's, late millennials kind of thing. Yeah, so two thirds of the romance books, um, uh, yeah, it's like it's that teenage thirteen to twenty four tend to be, and thirteen to me seems a little young. But yes, it's that, yes. And you know, it's funny because, um, so I work in a high school, obviously I talk about that all the time. And one of my son's really good friends, who's a girl, not his girlfriend, but a really good girlfriend, um, is, is a, is a book reader and she'll sit at their lunch table every now and then she'll have a book out. And it was really funny because a couple weeks ago I just happened to, to walk by their lunch table and she was reading. So I went over and I'm like, Aubrey, what are you reading? And so she was like, at first she was like, oh, you know, and then I'm like, no, I love reading. I'm just curious what, what you're reading. And she closed it and guess what she was reading? Guess what author she was reading, Liz? Oh. Please don't say it was it was Fifty Shades. No, it wasn't Fifty Shades. It's modern. It's the modern, the modern popular author. Emily Emery. No. Oh, come on. You know this. What? Oh, what about romance? Right. Who who's dominating the bestseller list? Oh no. <laughs> no. No. Yes. She she was reading. It ends with uh, it ends with us. And I'm like, huh. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know necessarily that I would have thought of a, like a 16 year old girl reading It Ends With Us. But at the same time, back when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I was teaching 10th grade English. And so those kids were about 15, 16 years old. And I had a student who did have Fifty Shades of Grey. And I, I read it, you get to read it. And I'm like, um, does your mom or dad know you're reading this? And she's like, oh yeah, they're fine with it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, so it's like, it it really is kind of, um, popular at that age group. And it's also dealing with like the, the print, like the, the print, like the formats that you can now get these books. Mm. Because, you know, you think about, you didn't really want to read Fifty Shades of Grey. Because here you are holding the book in front of your face and everybody knows. But now you can get it on like, you know, yeah. your, your phone or your Kindle yeah, and exactly. nobody knows what you're reading. Uh, so there's, there's some animosity, not animosity, but anonymity there. Um, yeah. That I think is going to increase some people reading as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's quite interesting how that age group, obviously we talk about nearly two thirds of, of the romance books that are bought by that age group. Um, were bought in print, print format uh-huh. so we are going going away from the kind of being embarrassed about what we're reading yeah um which is really interesting obviously compared with other age groups it was under 40 percent were were print format so which i don't do that i i always go like if i can go for a physical book i'll go physical even romance genre 
Yeah. And I will, too, I will, too, well, no, I go for the audiobook more than anything, just because, like, just how, how my, my daily life is structured right now, I just, uh, I spend more time needing to be able to do other things at, you know, where I would never be able to read. That's why it takes me so long to get through this, this, this stupid Stephen <laughs> King book that I'm reading that I started in December, um, that's 846 pages, but that's another story. Is that not... That must be really awkward if you're listening to it in the car, though, with the kids. I wouldn't listen. I don't listen to the audiobooks when the kids are, even if it's like a normal audiobook okay. um, that I'm listening to, I don't listen to them when, with the kids in the car. Uh, we just listen to the radio or, or we, typically I'm talking to the kids because, you know, um, you yeah. know, my son has his own car and drives now, but with my daughter, you know, we have a good 20, 25 minute drive to dance every day so we just that's yeah. kind of like our time just to kind of talk and you know that's and good. everything yeah but as soon as i drop her off <laughs> i'm like see ya audio is getting on. and audio gets you know press play so <laughs> nice yeah um so so yeah so um we have more i think more romance um, authors hitting the shelves and of course we do have books like authors like the Emily Henry and the what Allie Hazelwood um, yeah so we're beginning to see some more of these like mainstreamed kind of um, kind of authors hitting it but what about what about tropes when it comes to romance romance tropes because you you probably read a little bit more romance than I do probably a little bit more i haven't really read much in the last few months but i mean if i choose i do love a good enemies to lovers uh-huh. i mean it's the it's the classic kind of holly black did it the best after all cardan and g <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's. I'll, I'll kind of jump in while yeah, her. And I do love good enemies to lovers. Um, there she is. To be honest, I'll read most tropes. All right, so while she's still having her little technical difficulties at the moment, um, tropes. I agree, Liz, with you on the enemies to lovers. I think that's one of my more favorite. But at the same time, I think that it's getting to a point where it's very. It's very, it's a very stock kind of genre where it's getting to a point where I feel like every book I read that has an enemies to lovers plot in it, that it's, it's following the same structure. And I think I read so many back to back in the end of November and into December that by December and my last read was All I Want for Christmas. I was at a point where I was like, oh my gosh, these books are really annoying me now. And it's just, I just couldn't handle it. And so I, I'm like, I need, a, I need a little bit of a break from it. Uh, and so I had, and I took a couple, you mm-hmm. know, I haven't read any, any romance for a while. I did just start an arc this past week that is romance, but it's, <laughs> it's not an enemies to lovers at, by any means. So I think that that is a nice switch. And I think you might be back audio. Nope. Hmm. Not yet. <laughs> Oh, this show is so great. We're just, (laughs) 
We're having a fantastic time here. Oh, there you go. You're back. You're back. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think enemies to the lovers can be a bit overdone at times. I think it's kind of like the one of the main tropes that we see in, in romance novels. So it is nice to have a, a bit of a break. Like, for example, see second chance love and forbidden love and all sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I, lo- I quite like to see more authors experimenting with different tropes than just the, the kind of mainstream ones. I agree. Uh, and I thought it'd be fun. So on my Instagram and on my website, I have a trope. Uh, it's romance trope madness. So like a March madness for college basketball. I'm doing a romance trope madness. So I have a bracket up where I chose <laughs> eight different romance tropes. So this week is round one. So you can go into my stories or onto, I have it posted as well on my, um, on my feed on my Instagram and you can vote for your, your first round picks and then I will update it. Uh, every weekend until the and then the winning trope will be announced on February 28th so we'll see what people's favorite <gasps> tropes are so. you know what you should do is the winning trope you should then read a book of that trope I could do that I could totally do that as <laughs> long as it's not enemies to lovers because I'm, I'm on I'm on an enemies to lovers break right now that is <laughs> And then I will, if it wins, I'll be like, but we were on a break. So, (laughs) you know, I'll be Ross. The book can be Rachel and we'll just, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be grand. (laughs) All right. So if you want me to have to read another enemies to enemies to lovers uh, book, vote for that one. Um, I will say that out of the, the four groups right now that are voting, people are very clearly uh, one-sided like the votes are not close for the for the most part like yeah so it'll be interesting to see how it how it goes throughout the week so i've already voted did you okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so kind of to, to just kind of wrap up this this nonsense with romance and its popularity we kind of mentioned her a couple times already but colleen hoover really right now she is part of the reason whether you love her or you hate her she is part of the reason why romance is at the peak that it's at right now um you know she is still topping the new york times bestseller list like every single week um Yes, some of her books kind of like move around on there, but she's still topping it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But now we get the pleasure of her books being adapted. So uh, It Ends With Us has been announced. It's being adapted into a movie. It's looking to be about a 2024 release date like late 2023 early or sometime in 2024 they're just announcing the the cast so i can't imagine it being released in 2023 um but liz what are your what are your thoughts on this adaptation i know you haven't read the book but just in general the cast has been released yes yeah, see, see with coho i do want to read coho but at the same time i don't because I'm either going to become one of the sheep or I'm going to be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> either way, it's kind of like lose-lose, win-win. It's like, 
I, I'm kind of scared about reading Co. But I feel like we do have to do it at some point this year. We might have to just pop that cherry. Yeah, we talked about that. Pop that cherry, cherry. You have you, you. I have Verity. You have Verity too, right? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's got to be the one because we both already have it. Yeah, it's gonna have to be done at some point. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll do it like in the middle of uh, in between like a, a book club or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe we'll because that'll force us to do it instead of us just saying that we're. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, with regards to the cast, so we've only got really two the, the two main characters. Um, we've got Blake Lively, who I really like. Blake Lively. I I remember um watching her in a film called A Simple Favor with Anna mm. Kendrick. Okay. Um, it was kind of like a thriller, comedy action, not action, but kind of like a yeah, like a thriller. And now it it was really good. I, I thought she did a really good job. Um, I don't really know much about the the male, Justin. Um, not really seen anything that he's been in. No. So, but it is interesting to see that he is not only starring as the main role, but he's also directing and producing. Mm. It yep. kind of makes you think, okay, so you're doing everything. <laughs> it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. <laughs> I mean, if the only thing that, like, when we looked him up, like, the one thing that he's going to be known for is his role in Jane the Virgin, but I've never watched mm. Jane the Virgin. Uh, mm. I do know mm. that he has producer credit on Five Feet Apart, which is based off of um, the book. Uh, and I did see that movie. Didn't read the book, but I saw the movie. Um I cried enough in the movie that I don't want to read the book because I really don't want to cry again at the, at the story. But it was, it was a, it was a really, it was really a sweet, uh, a, a sweet movie, but it, it was, it was sad. Um, but isn't it your typical romance, um, like dying person? Yes. Long term house condition, yes. like love, sex and drugs and, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, the one that John Green did. Yes, the um. Oh, what was that one called? I know it's really bugging me now. Oh, it's got stars in it. The stars. Uh, the stars. Oh, the fault of the fault of our uh, the fault in our stars. Yes. Fault in our stars. Yeah. I, I knew I had it. I just had to find it on my bookshelf. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is a very similar premise to boy and girl mm-hmm. fall in love. Both have illness. One is gonna end up, you know, dying because Good. you know. What teenage kid doesn't want to read a sad book where, you know, <laughs> they're, they're both sick? And why one do we need, yeah, why do we need books like that? Why? Yeah, I don't know. What does it teach us? Don't fall in love with, if you've got a terminal illness, don't fall in love with somebody with a terminal illness <laughs> because they might die before you. Right. <laughs> As a teenager and then, you know, you're, you're, yeah. You're traumatized all... I don't know. I mean... Um, I mean yeah, there's representation, and then there's, like, why? Yeah. And my daughter, why? you know, I took my daughter to see Five Feet Apart, and she really liked it. And it's, you know... I guess it's, like, you don't see the one character die, but because of how the book or the movie ends, and I'm assuming that the book probably ends in a familiar or similar way, you know the character's going to die, because it was, like... If you don't have this, like, basically they're both, they both need the same surgery and one ends up yeah. being able to qualify to have it and the other one is just, their condition isn't going to allow them and it's like, if you don't have the surgery, you're going to die. So, basically, there you have it. Sorry if I spoiled the book for you, but you, you, you'll, you, you'll still cry. It's okay. So, are I'm you... Who it was originally written by. Which one? Five Feet Apart? Hmm. 
so while you're doing that, what are the chances that you're going to see it yeah. ends with us? Uh, see, I probably would want to read the book first. So, I don't know. I mean, the cast doesn't scream, watch me. Yeah. So, I do like Blake I Lively like, like you do. Yeah. Yeah, I like Blake Lively, but I don't know if, if I like her enough for just one person to draw me into a film. Yeah. Uh so, I mean, I might, like, watch it if it's free on one of the streaming platforms. Um, but I don't think it's something I'd rush to, like, go watch. I'm not either, for sure. So, um, but... Yeah, it's like, okay, hey. Yeah. You could, loads of your other fans can go and watch it and make it a smash box office records. And... But here's the thing. We're going to read a Coho book this year. This is That's going to be our, our, our book goal for the year. We will read at least Verity. We will we will push and persevere through it, and then we will talk about it on a future episode of Speaking Literally. All right, Liz, let's move on. Um, I I'm more scared about like liking it. <laughs> it's not going to be horrible if you like it. it. <laughs> it's okay. Know, I'm just. I don't know why. I think it's just because it has so much hype. That... Yeah. I almost don't want to become one of the sheep. I know. One of the people who, like, funds co-hosts life. <laughs> it's like my kids. When I try to get my kids to eat something new, they don't want to because they're scared they're going to like it. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Just try it. And they're like, ew, ew, it's going to be disgusting. I'm like, how do you even know? You haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly how I feel like we're going into to coho with. It's like, no, I don't want to yeah. read it. What if I, what if I like it? I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time on something I'm not going to like. You don't know. <sighs> yeah. Coho equals vegetables. You know, who knew? <laughs> All right, Liz, before we completely get off the tracks here, um, what are you what are you currently reading right now, and how's it going? Um, like you, I'm reading quite a few. I'm reading three in total, but I am doing a buddy read um, with a friend of mine from Bookstagram of Thursday Murder Club by Richard Oseman. And so this is the first one in the ser- series. At the moment, I believe there's three out. Um, and it's actually really interesting. It's It's a murder mystery. And it has some really funny moments. Um, he's a really good comedy writer. But one thing I was really shocked about is that it's also got a lot of emotional moments as well, um, which I guess, I mean, the main characters are all kind of in the 70s and 80s. So you kind of expect there to be some emotional times. But it's a really interesting book um, set in this in this sort of private, rich um, care home in England. And about this Thursday murder club who basically spend their days trying to solve murders that nobody else could solve Um, and they're kind of all um, they all have their own contacts from previous kind of careers that they used to work in and stuff so it's really interesting I I really enjoy it and I'm very close to the end so I kind of stopped to let my brain catch up (laughs) (laughs) surprise surprise I I kind of rushed ahead (laughs) what never I know like me (laughs) So like you, I'm reading multiple books. Um, obviously, I've been reading the Stephen King book, 11, 22, 63, since like mid-December. 
Um, it's like the book that never ends. And then <laughs> I'm reading a romance from NetGalley called Jana Goes Wild, which has been cute. It is not an enemies to lovers, like I said earlier, so I'm enjoying it. And then I'm reading, I'm still trying to plug through the Hermes Protocol, which is a, a sci-fi cyberpunk. Um, but my primary read right now that I'm really, really enjoying, and it's kind of like I got on the bandwagon, is Lessons in Chemistry. <clears throat> And I know, Liz, yeah, you read it last year. It was recommended to me as part of my 12 books and 12 months by 12 friends. So it's my first, first challenge read of the year from that. And, uh, I am, I'm listening to it on audiobook and I started it, uh, my son plays soccer for the high school, his high school team. And so he had a game this past week that's, the school is three hours away, so it's a six-hour round, yeah, six-hour round trip. A little out in there. I guess it's like two hours and 45 minutes, but really, who's counting at that point? And <laughs> <laughs> so my husband had to work, so he couldn't go because, you know, you have to leave to get out there. You have to leave by, like, noon. So I drove by myself to go watch the game. And so I basically had six hours in the car all by myself. So I started nice. lessons in chemistry, which was really good because I got, like, I think I only have, like, maybe an hour and a half left. So I'm pretty close to the end. <laughs> and it's so good. Like, um, mm. once I got to this part, I, I have started to kind of look at some, like, reviews and people's opinions. And people are really split on this book about how it's, how like it, it comes across because it, it, it's, it's set in the sixties, but it's not, and I'm not a big historical fiction reader, but the time period isn't really the, the, the focal point of the book. It's, it's about Elizabeth and how she, you know, is, you know, how women are treated. And honestly, it's not as bad in our time now. But there's still, you know, this, this, the sex, the sex, the sexist stuff and, you know, gender discrimination and things like that in our society today. Um, it's not as, as often as blatant as what happened in the book, but I, I enjoy her ahead of her time standing up for who she is, you know, because She's a chemist, and back then, you know, they, they talk about in the 60s, there's very few women in that kind of, like, sophisticated, male-dominated role. And even today, there's, yes, there's more females in STEM and science, but if there were a plethora of them, then we wouldn't still be pushing girls into STEM programs and having so many initiatives to get women involved in science and math and and those kind of of, of areas in school today because there's it's still I think a more you know male dominant career uh, but to see her trying to be a single mom in the book in that time period as well as a scientist as well as you know trying to 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 secure her spot and what she wants to do. It, it's been really good. It's, I love, I love how like kind of like, I don't know, like non, not, not, not that she's, she's not uh, nonchalant, but it's just like, she's just matter of fact. Like she's just how she speaks. It's just mm -hmm. like, um, why, 
well, this and this, and I'm going to do this, and let's do this. And so I and and I just love that she then throws everybody off kilter who's around her. Um, The only thing that drives me a little crazy is her four year old daughter. I don't care how smart a four year old girl is, she comes across as like ten or eleven. Like you know, she's still four. She's not 10 or 11, and so I don't necessarily, it doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't mesh up, even though she's, like, this this genius child. Yeah, and I remember absolutely loving that book. As you say, back then, it was, the sexism was so much worse than we get today, Uh because a lot of the industries, which I do still struggle today, but a lot of the industries were purely male-dominated. Um, medical, engineering, all of the sciences. So it was really interesting kind of seeing Elizabeth's progression. And it was very much, she wasn't really an emotional person. She was, as you said, she was very matter of fact, very factual. She saw things kind of almost black and white, but as it goes along, she's almost forced to see the grey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that kind of almost her own, her own awakening in a way. Um, especially when the kid comes along she has to kind of to consider other things rather than just herself and her career and and her life yeah it's really good i've really been enjoying it so um yeah so that's kind of where we are in in our in our reading and our current reads so we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back for some more fun fun and welcome back. Um, I believe Liz has figured out technology or that technology has figured itself out and has righted itself for her. So it's not going to torment her as we move through this next segment. Yeah. How are, are you? Are you with us? Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. All right. So New York Times bestseller. Like last last month, we talked a little bit about if we really even thought these lists were important or not, and and if they're actually valid and reliable accounts for what book selling is actually looking like. Whether or not it's reliable, it's still fun to look at. So we're going to continue to look at it. Um, but it gets a lot. Not so much fun when it's the same person all the time. Liz, guess who tops the list again? Oh, could it be Kaye? It could be. But what's interesting is that it had been, uh, It Starts With Us has been number one because that was her newest release that came out. So that had been number one. And then It Ends With Us had been number two. But It Ends With Us is back at number one. And It Starts With Us is at number two. So she still has the number one and number two. They're just kind of flip-flopping. But Do you reckon that's because people have bought It Starts With Us and are like, oh, we should probably rent now read It Ends With Us. So now the people who bought It Starts With Us and made it number one is now reading It Ends With Us and making that number one. It could. It could be that. The other side it could be is people who have, people are now beginning to hear more about it because of the release and friends are like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But don't start with this one, start with the other one. You know, read them in order. Uh, But yeah. news as well. I do think, and, and the the release of the movie cast yeah for it ends with us because i mean we we saw the same thing with where the crawdads sing 
it bumped right back up yeah. to the top five after the movie came out. And after, you know, once yeah. that book enters back into the news, it tends to, to hit it. Um, Verity, also by Coho, is still in the top five. It's coming in at number four. That is the one I think, Liz, that we're going to read this year. Yeah, I think it's got. I think it's got to be. I mean, we both got it, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I'd rather, since I already have it, I'd rather read it before I buy a different Coho yeah. book, in case you know. I just, you, like you know, we don't know what we're gonna think about it. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? All right. So that leaves number three and number five that are not Colleen Colleen Hoover. So number three is Lessons in Chemistry by uh, Bonnie Garmus, which is the book I'm currently reading right now, and you read last year, and I'm loving it. And then number five, which we actually talked about why this one might have popped back up into the list, is Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, um, which... Because you've read that, haven't you? I have. By um, Taylor Jenkins. uh, I haven't read that yet. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins read. Yes. Uh, it, it's really, really good. It's the only book I've read by her. Yeah. And we talked earlier about, like, one of the possibilities of why it's back in the top five is because of the fact that, you know, she did have that new book come out, the, the Carrie Soto is back book. Um, you know, I, we do know that this is being adapted into a TV, I think a TV adaptation. Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's different reasons why this could be back up there, but, Bottom line is it's a really good book and I <laughs> like I I like okay so if you don't read it this year Liz next year when we do the um 12 books in 12 months by 12 friends You're gonna give me that this is going to be my nomination for you because it is a really okay. really really good book I will try I will try and read it this year okay. I get amongst millions of others I want to read Oh lord I know <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's kind of the top five, and we did talk um, also, you know, Liz, you you just talked in the last segment about having met Holly Black and her book, The, uh, the Stolen Air. Uh, when it comes to the young adult hardback, The Stolen Air is currently number one. It's been number one since it came out, and you had actually asked, well, what about Hellbent by Lee Bardugo? And technically, I don't think that's not on the young adult list, so I think it's being categorized as more of a just a fiction adult book, not, yeah. yeah. So that's why we haven't seen Hellbent on the the young adult hardback book. But The Stolen Air is currently number one there. All right, Liz, so tell us what's coming out. Okay, so we've got a few coming out this month. It's not as big a month as we've had kind of the last few months. Um, Obviously, January was a huge month with... Um, Lee Bardugo and Holly Black coming out within a week of each other. Um, but we have got on the uh, 28th of February, both in the UK and the US, we have the prequel to The Priory of the Orange Tree, um, which was by Samantha Shannon, which I read and it's absolutely brilliant. It's an epic fantasy. Um, and this one is called A Day of Fallen Night. Um, as far as I'm aware, I think she's making this into kind of like a like a saga as such. So it's going to be loads of different stories set in the same universe. Interesting. So yeah, that comes out on 28th February. And that was a long book, um, we've right? Also the, got the Priory of the Orange Tree by. Uh, yeah, that's quite a brick. I think it's about six, seven hundred pages. It was oh. quite a, a long one, but it's it was really good. Okay. Um, and then we've also got I Have Some Questions for You um, by Rebecca Mackay. And that comes out on February 21st in the US and in the UK. It comes out on February 23rd. Um, 
And finally, we have um, another one from Veronica Roth, which myself and Holly have both read quite a few um, novels by. And this one is a retelling of Antigone. Uh, it's called Arch Conspirator, and it's out on February 21st. And that's both in the US and the UK. I'm excited about that one. Like, you, you don't really hear a lot about, like, you know, Oedipus and Antigone and, and that, mm. that story outside of, like, school and, you know, that. Yeah. So the fact that she's taken that concept of Antigone and um, running with it, I think it's going to be really interesting. Have you read the Carve the Mark duology yet? Not by yet. You, you get, no, you bought me the first one, didn't you? I haven't read I it did. yet. Yeah. It's on my shelf waiting to be read yeah. with many others. <laughs> uh-huh. I get it. Absolutely get that. Yeah, so, um, you know, more books to add to the never-ending TBR list, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a quick kind of overview of what's selling and what's coming up. And then when we're going to take our second break right now, and when we come back, we are going to be joined by Amy, the owner of Wood Woods. No, she doesn't own any woods. I mean, she could. She could have a like a forest on her property, I guess. But she's actually the owner of Words and Kisses, which is an online romance bookstore. So it has been a long show already. And uh, between our speaking abilities and technology abilities, it's been a great time. <laughs> so thanks for hanging with us and listening and laughing at us. And we'll be right back with Amy. And welcome back. We are so excited to welcome our special guest um, to our episode. Uh, we have Amy, who is the owner of Words and Kisses Online Bookstore. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay! Uh, well, you are kind of our first guest that is like from the the book shops kind of online store um, realm. So we're super excited to kind of bring you in. Obviously, your store is called Words and Kisses, so it's safe to say that you probably are more geared to romance. So to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your bookstore, how you got started, how long you've been doing it, all of those fun facts. Sure. So it's been about four years now. Um, I started it, my son is five now, so he'll come up to six, so when he just went, I've kind of gone back on maternity leave, um, and essentially probably a story that like a lot of people who did English degrees I don't know if you guys did English or kind of you know big readers as children then you become an adult and you're like no I must read very serious books now and <laughs> that kind of killed my love for reading to be honest like you know having to read so much for uni and then just kind of never really picked it back up again afterwards you got kind of a few years down the line um, and was like well this was my favorite thing to do as a child why am I not doing it now? So I made a made a New Year's resolution that I was going to read 100 books in that year, which felt quite, like, dramatic. I did manage to do it. But as part of that whole thing, um, obviously kind of trying to search for new books all the time, because I was like, 100 is quite a lot to get through, didn't already own 100 books. Um, and I'd kind of been out of, I guess, because I've been out reading for so long, kind of not really sure what else was going on. So obviously started finding, like, bookstagram stuff, booktubers, book podcasts. Um, and from one of them, they kept recommending Sarah McLean. I don't know if you've read Sarah McLean's books at all. Um, I don't think so. But they, yeah, they kept re- re- recommending her. And I was like, well, you know, I've read a few other things that they recommended. They were good. I'll pick this up. Um, and it was called, um, the first book I picked up, I just got it on like Amazon's like 
secondhand, you know, the, when you can buy them off of people. Um, and uh, it was A Road by Any Other Name by Sarah McLean. I started reading it and it basically changed my life because I was like, oh, reading can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do, you don't have to read like david copperfield and like other books don't get me wrong I, i've enjoyed classics particularly obviously ones written by women but like you know you don't have to read war and peace and all of this you can just do this for fun like the same way you don't have to read to watch like an oscar-winning movie you can just watch a chick flick and mm-hmm. like they both have the merit obviously <laughs> but like i guess it's just that thing of you getting into like the pattern of like um you know thinking what you should do and what you should read versus what you actually like and and as a kid I used to read I was a kid like a teenager I read a lot of like what was probably at the time called like chick lit so like you never was Prada basically anything Dr. W. H. Smith because we didn't have another book this <laughs> <laughs> understand that reference <laughs> and what that looks like is a lot of pe- a lot of pictures of shoes on co- people's legs with shoes on covers at the time um yeah and I used to love those kinds of books so I was like why do I start reading these so from then kind of like picked up romance um, and and almost exclusively was reading romance, joined some Facebook groups, let's listen to more like romance specific podcasts and those sorts of things. Um, kind of went through my paternity leave, went back to work um, and was just like, I really want, I, uh, I really want to get one of these subscription boxes that everyone's talking about on these podcasts and in my Facebook groups. They're all, they're all based in the States. Shipping is ridiculous between the two. Um, and kind of in the rule of the internet being like, if it doesn't exist already, that means you have to make it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a, a chronic starter of things of that nature anyway. I've had my own podcasts and blogs and various other things like that. So, so yeah, just basically kind of started it a little, not quite on a whim, but a little bit on a whim um, just to see, because I was like, I, I want this. And it's really hard to find romance. Not so much now, because like TikTok has changed things a bit, uh-huh. but... In my, in I live in Leeds, um, in Yorkshire, and there's only there's like a big Waterstones um, as the main bookshop. There's a couple more little more independent bookshops that have opened again more recently, but at the time Waterstones is pretty much the only one. And there's just no romance mm-hmm. in there. They have a romance section, like they occasionally would have like one or two books, kind of like if you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't find it. Um, so I was like, well, there must be other people who would enjoy these books because I love these books and I'm trying to push them on my on all my friends like. Guys, you need to read these. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them have, did then get into it, so it wasn't it wasn't completely one time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that was kind of that was kind of like where it started. It just started as a, as a subscription, and then so that must have been twenty nineteen, yes, because twenty twenty three now, and got to obviously twenty twenty. Everyone knows what happened. We won't hash it out. <laughs> Hello, and um, because my son was quite small, and um, so there someone had to do it, and I was like, well, this way I get my son couldn't go to nursery, so I was like, I can't really. Um, and at the time he was quite small, so he was still taking quite a long nap in the day. So like most of the time I was like obviously occupied looking after him, but there was like a bit of a window in the day, um, and that's really when it kind of took off, and I changed it from just being the subscription to also kind of starting to stock books so people could just choose their own, you know, what they wanted. Um, and yeah, so it kind of went from there really that's a very long-winded answer (laughs) no that's really that's really it's it's interesting because based on your timeline you literally started it right before covid hit and then covid hit and then everything shut down and people couldn't go to waterstones and get books and so everybody did turn to the internet so do you think that the fact that your timing was as perfect as it was helped you build your yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Because partly because it gave me the time because, you know, everyone's in the house all the time. You're not going out in the evenings. So you kind of I could kind of focus on that when I obviously wasn't just looking after my son. Um, and also, like you say, everyone was going online for things. And also everyone had a bit more spare money, especially compared to now, costume crisis, etc. <laughs> so like stuff like, oh, I'll buy myself a nice book or, you know, something like yeah. this is a little bit of a treat was definitely part of it I have another um some other friends who do have online businesses of varying different kinds who all said similar things that they saw really good years in 2020 and even into 2021 because everyone was kind of like very much like support small business buy, buy yourself a little treat because you can't yeah. go out that was very much the vibe so it yeah obviously would much rather that hadn't have happened for obvious reasons <laughs> but in like um you know and also I think kind of everyone kind of assessing you know they, there's been like a whole big thing of loads of people um quitting their jobs post pandemic right and that's you know quintessentially what I've done as well um uh, that you kind of reassess like what do I actually want to do I don't want to be going out of the house every day nine till five like you know my son is still small he's at school now I can and because I do this now I can go and pick him up you know every day and these things that like you know I guess a part of it as well so yeah so in some ways it was fortuitous timing uh, even if it was not uh, under ideal circumstances. <laughs> so since kind of um, since all the lockdowns all finished and kind of as we saw a, a gradual return to normality did you see any kind of changes to book buying habits online did you see it remain stable or drop or um, for me, it was fairly stable. I think I'm quite lucky because I have quite like a loyal customer base. Like all yeah. everyone who buys from me is very lovely. Like obviously, I chat to people on Instagram um, and like TikTok and things as well. Um, so I think that's kind of um, for most part stayed the same. I'd say probably the main like thing that has changed is obviously the last couple of months in, in the UK, in particular. You know, general cost of living books yeah. are I don't I don't like to say books are a luxury item because I don't think they're a luxury item in that way but in terms of <laughs> heating and food they are yeah. um, so definitely a bit of a downturn more recently but I think that's probably the case for literally everyone in almost every sector probably apart from gas companies who are currently still making record <laughs> not to be political but <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually in terms of like going back people going back to you know um going out instead of you know um, sitting at home like shopping online I didn't see a massive difference to be honest but I think that's probably because it's like feels quite community focused for me um, and yeah. like that's one of the parts is actually the like um, you know connecting with people who also love romance books you know obviously people can just buy from Amazon if they just want to shop online but they're obviously not just buying from Amazon for a specific reason and partly it's to buy from from me which I'm very great always very grateful for like literally anytime I'm <laughs> an order and especially when people buy, buy books that I think I've just recommended on Instagram or I've like directly recommend it you know someone like sends me a message and says like oh, yeah. i'm looking for something like this and then they they buy it i always think oh they're gonna have such a nice time reading this book <laughs> um, and i'm pretty sure jeffrey also doesn't do that when people bought a post from amazon <laughs> uh, probably not no <laughs> so you met you mentioned tiktok now tiktok has become kind of like a super big trend like I can walk into like so you over in England you have Waterstones in the United States we have Barnes and Noble owned by the same mega corporation or whatever so very similar bookstores so like when I walk into my Barnes and Noble like there's now even uh like a table that's like you know book talk and TikTok recommended so how how much of an influence have you seen social media (laughs) specifically the the TikTok and the Instagram being in 
what is being purchased. Like, are you seeing that, like, all of a sudden you'll see something on TikTok and the next thing you know, you have, like, five orders for that particular book? Yeah. There's definitely a bit of a vibe of that. Um, I do actually use what, uh, TikTok Shop. I don't know if you've used TikTok and you've used the sort of shopping platform on there, but you can sell stuff directly on TikTok. Um, and it's interesting to see the difference between what people are buying on. I don't put everything on there, but what people are like sort of interested on there versus obviously what people are buying in the sort of regular shop. Um, there's definitely like a few authors that obviously, I mean, everyone knows about Clean Hoover. That's not really like, I wouldn't necessarily class her as romance. I know that's a bit of a controversial one. <laughs> but oh, like, I want to um, talk about that. When you're done with this question, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, have, I don't have strong opinions about it in terms of like, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me whether someone does or doesn't, but I don't personally like, um, she's not like one of the front, like the front authors that I would put in like words and kisses. Um, but someone like Sierra Simone, I don't know if you've, again come across sort of Sierra Simone's and a big one like yeah, that, is yeah. that like basically it's like the very sexy ones <laughs> sexy and dark yeah. is what TikTok like in my experience is what they like um, okay. and it's that I've seen it's not so much I've seen that people have changed what they're buying and um, so much because a lot of those books I already stocked because they were all indi- independently published and books that I enjoyed um, but they've all now been picked up by bigger name publishers and republished repackaged and like re-put out um and i've seen a lot of books that kind of um were popular in like the romance community um five six whatever years ago coming back around now they've kind of been picked up on tiktok obviously authors have got these big deals which love that for them get that money love to see it <laughs> um yeah that's definitely been like a, a trend i think in terms of like those kind of like very popular independently published books I mean, I don't know if you saw the trends for Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> that was like the big one of like a slightly, uh, slightly, which when you start to explain it to someone, they're like, I'm sorry, it was, it was about what? It's about some, some blue aliens. Like, who's reading this? But like, <laughs> intriguing. The heart wants what it wants, you know? <laughs> well, aliens need love too. Well, they do. And they're very nice, these aliens, honestly. They, they just want love. That's all they want. Oh. You know, very sweet. <laughs> Also sex, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> they are very like it's, they're surprisingly cozy. When you start to explain to someone, they're like, "I'm sorry, that makes no sense." But when you actually read them, they're very cozy. It's actually quite like sweet when you read them. Um, but I think if you're not like a big romance reader, that's a bit of a leap to go from like, "Oh, maybe we'll, we'll try something with like you know, bad boy billionaire," and then suddenly you're like, "Hmm, I like that. Maybe these guys with horns and tails." <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, Okay, so, I mean, obviously you've read a lot of romance. Um, what to you makes a good romance novel? I feel like people ask me this a lot, and I feel like it's really hard to pin down, um, because sometimes I think it's just a feeling. Like, I I personally love, I mean, I think when it comes to like a like male-female romance, for me, that, like, is a, a woman, like, the character, the, the female character is someone I want to be friends with, and then the man is trying to be good enough for her. Like, that's that's like catnip for me where I'm like I love him because he loves her because it's like my best mate and you know when like you've you got best friend's <laughs> boyfriend and like you're like oh no I do like you because of how much how how nice you are to her like, <laughs> that's kind of like the vibe for me there but in general I just think like it's such a it's such a character driven genre like character is everything like I, I know some people obviously you don't want to have like no plot at all like just vibes but <laughs> like ultimately like it lives or dies on whether you not even like the characters, but like can kind of root for them. I don't think they necessarily have to be good or like 
likable obviously i think that helps obviously romance isn't necessarily a genre where we go for like really complex like characters where you're like oh you know like serial killers and stuff like that's i mean you may be a dark <laughs> romance but like for the most part you're going like it's like oh it's someone who owns a flower shop and they're gonna marry like a software engineer like <laughs> no one's doing anything like super strange in that sense but so i do think it's like it does uh live or die on like the, and and in terms of like a, a believable conflict of like why are they not together like you know they've met you had your meet cute they obviously fancy each other why are they not just together because obviously in real life that's how most relationships go where you're like i like you i also like you most people are not really fake dating in real life <laughs> so it has to be like i'm happy to suspend quite a lot of disbelief like it mm-hmm. is obviously a genre yeah of like you know obviously like say fake dating or something like that you're like that would never happen in real life but at the same time there has to be at least a slightly believe for me personally like a believable reason why they're not together at the beginning and then also why they are at the end like that they have genuinely grown and sort of changed over the course of that uh of that journey and that like you can now be like yes these two people have made it work and they're going to be together forever like i 100 percent buy that now um and you know and i think you know it's it is for a bit formulaic but that's kind of why i like it because you know no matter what happens in the book the most awful thing can happen but you're like nope by the end everything's gonna work out um and it sounds like, like i guess safety the safety emotional safety of it but um yeah you know, to me. um anyway yeah and it's well, in- have an answer to that. <laughs> you know it's it's, it's interesting because liz and i talked about this earlier um in in the show about yeah. uh like people want a happy ever after especially like coming out of covid coming out of like all the stuff that's happening in the world and just to escape to that that we we need it we need a happy ending we need an escape um so it's interesting that that you bring that up um but if so you're talking about like kind of what makes makes a romance so i i do like i said want to know why you think colleen hoover um isn't like that forefront romance and i will be honest and i will throw liz under the bus as well neither one of us have read a colleen hoover book um we have made a pact that we will we will read one in 2023 um we we feel that that is a couple to be honest and like obviously she's prolific she has a massive backlist and i don't think i've even read probably the ones that people would say are like the most yeah i think is it it starts with us is like the the big one they make into the movie isn't it so i've and i've not read that so uh, but i i think it, it's also um whether you believe something to be genre romance versus like romantic like mm-hmm. the same is true of like um like in the uk i often find that there's a bit of a blurring between what we would consider like women's fiction which i hate as a term because what year is it come on but what we would call everyone knows what i've been saying when i say women's fiction Mm -hmm. and and then romance and like often like women's fiction will have a romantic storyline and they will have a happy ending at the end as well but for me romance is specifically about like the romance like any other plot has to be secondary and sort of outside of that um and i think clean hoover just kind of like tips over into the like it's not just about like the journey of the two people like it's a lot much too kind of angsty and dark and there's kind of bits in there that obviously um you know people say it's problematic like again i've not read enough of it to be like this xyz is and also Mm -hmm. i think we can give people enough trust to be like 
this may I might enjoy this in my book, but I'm probably not going to seek it out in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be adults and to be like, yeah, okay, I can understand why I'm finding this enjoyable in a book, but I'm probably not going to go after it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's for me is probably it, where I just think it kind of like just tips over from what I would consider like genre romance. And there's quite a lot of books that I probably yeah. would put in, that, you know, like I say, like there's a lot of books in the UK and like um, books that probably get shelves under romance that I personally would be like that it's there is a romance in it but it's not about the romance like I guess that so where would you put it would you put it more as like contemporary fiction yeah potentially um I think it probably depends on the the the, like specific books as well like like again I have like I say um not super like familiar with all of her work in terms Uh of like um I know she's got one coming out I think in this month which is kind of like romantic suspense Mm. so it kind of comes under like a suspense thriller type thing um but that might be more like if it's because from the blurb sounds like it is about the two of them then i don't know i think you have to kind of just take a call on it i suppose (laughs) but also that involves reading all the books and i think that's kind of part of it isn't it (laughs) Uh, sometimes you just take on the catalog it says it's under here and you're like right great those are getting shelves over there Um, (laughs) maybe like you might um might think about it and you know if you're actually ready you'd be like oh maybe it goes over there and I've, and I've done that with other books but I've like oh I'm considering this for the subscription and I read it and I'm like I am really enjoying this book and it is really interesting but it's not a romance like mm-hmm. even though it's pitched to me as a romance mm-hmm. it kind of comes under that um that like umbrella and like there is a romance in it and this is great but it's not about the romance yeah so every all the um the subscription books you do each month, do you personally read the book before you put it into the box then? Yes, yeah. So I've read I read them all just to kind of I guess the whole point of it I suppose is that it's got like my seal of approval. And that sounds so arrogant to be like, you should read books that I choose because I have such great taste. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't feel comfortable because I don't know hundred percent what the content is. And again, sometimes books um like I've been really enjoying a book and then you get to like the the end and you're like, Oh god, like that's not what I expected or what I wanted. Yeah. Um there was one, um, and I forgot the name of it. I remember the author, but I probably, I'm not maybe going to say because I'm going to say why I didn't pick it. But um, the uh, protagonist had fertility issues throughout the whole book. And then she magically got pregnant at the end. And like, personally, for me, I don't like that as a trope because I'm yeah. like, that's not how the world works. And I and I think, and I like to think if it was me that, I, you know, like have been very lucky not to struggle with that. But if I had, I would feel a bit like, oh, God, like that's, you know, the whole point was he loved her despite this and like that was the whole thing but oh don't worry it all got tied up in a magic bow at the end and they had a bunch of babies and you're like mm, I don't feel and I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable with like have, you know the rest of the book was great and it was well written I've read other stuff yeah. by the author I've enjoyed it but and probably there's people who have read it who are going I know exactly which book you mean <laughs> <'Cause it was laughs> but like stuff like that where I think if it's going to have my like kind of have my name on it and obviously it doesn't that has the author's name on it but my you know I've chosen it yeah I want to be sure that, that stuff like that isn't going to like trip people up um as much as possible obviously you can't account for everyone's like specific things they do and don't like but yeah there's some like glaring ones like that where I've been like oh I just don't know whether it's going to be popular enough with enough people to warrant kind of you know obviously it is a surprise for people and I want them to feel like when they have read it like that they were glad that they had if they wouldn't have picked it up um and like I say obviously you can't account for everyone's taste but if I didn't read them I wouldn't I couldn't be sure <laughs> yeah um, no that makes I, sense 
I kind of so, want to I mean, know. I want to know what the title of that book is because uh, <laughs> honestly, that was me. That did happen to me in real life. It really? took uh, my. It took my husband and I. We we struggled with fertility for four years. We did um, the pills. We did where I had to take daily shots, like all sorts of stuff. Nothing. Yeah. Um. And then when we, I couldn't do it anymore. Like the emotional roller coaster of the fertility treatment. Yeah. I, I just like I can't do this. And so we started the adoption process, and we were about a third of the way through the adoption process, and I just got pregnant. Wow. I mean, I don't get me wrong. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time. But now I'm fascinated that there's a book out there that I kind of want to. I, I want to know what the book is because I'm intrigued because that that did happen to me. <laughs> Yeah, I'll find, I'll find it after. I'll, uh, I can't remember the exact wording of the title, but I'll find it for, okay. at, at the end. But um, I think the main thing is it's, it has become a bit of a trope in yeah. romance, and that happens a lot, where, like, the kind of, like, magic penis sol- solves everything at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm. um So, yeah, I guess it's just, like, stuff like that, I suppose, that I'm just kind of trying to... And also just generally, like, quality, I suppose, yeah. in terms of what is and isn't. I mean... It's rare that I, I often kind of pre-pick and think, like, I'm not reading 20 books a month for this. I'm kind of, I look at everything that's coming out for the month. I select from that. And it's yeah. very rare that I, that, that I read them and then go, no, that's not right. Um, and there's obviously other factors too. Like, I try to make sure that I'm not sending one that's, like, got the same tropes in, like, a couple of months in a row. Um, stuff like... I try to I try to get as much of a diverse selection as possible in terms of like you know um having authors of color in there having you know queer books as well as straight books and like so it means that if I'm like oh I've had like a few straight books in a row and now it's between a straight book and a queer book and I enjoyed both of them that's kind of where I'm gonna go um yeah. or again like I've done a fake dating book I am really enjoying this other fake dating book but I've just done one so it's gonna have to be swapped out for something else um so some of that some of the decisions kind of get made like we're like oh all these books are going to be good but Uh it just kind of happens to be something that's come before it and now you know my hands are not tied but sort of tied I suppose (laughs) um so yeah so but it is rare that I like kind of have to read like a lot of books to get to the ones that I want to send because there's so many good books. <laughs> yeah. I've got to admit, I did actually, um, I did actually get a subscription box a few years ago of yours, um, oh. because I really wanted like a festive romance. So it was the year that you did Mangoes and Mistletoe. Yes. I, that, know, I really I enjoyed that book. That was such yeah. a good book. And it's so, because I think it's so much because it's, yeah, so foodie and like, Foodie like romance is like completely. <laughs> yeah. That's what Liz lives for is foodie romance. <laughs> that is like, I'm saying. <laughs> Um, no, and it was like I felt like it was like the, I feel like for Christmas because it was quite short. It was like a novella, isn't it? Yeah. I did a novella the year after as well. So it was like at Christmas, I can't commit to like a 500 <laughs> book page book. There's too much else going on. So I feel like it's a perfect little like Christmas bite. That one would would still recommend. Definitely, it. no, definitely. I absolutely and loved it. Everything else that she's ever written because she has a lot of foodie romance actually. Like, oh, does um, she? Yeah. So she has a, a like a, a series called like I think it's called like the American Dreamers series. Um, hmm kind of work with food in some capacity um so yeah she has quite a lot of stuff like in of that nature um, okay more, more so, <laughs> yeah i have to look at that look it up i mean talking of tropes um mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite tropes within romance I mean, I feel like I've said the words fake dating about 2,500 times on this one, but I do love a fake dating. I, I do. I do. It's a cliche, and like I say, it doesn't happen in real life, but I do love it. 
um I think it's because maybe it's because it doesn't happen in real life that maybe I like it so much yeah so um, did you love love hypothesis then yes love that hate like the all of the big ones I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think to a certain extent, I am quite basic in that, like, if they, you know, if it makes me go, oh, at the end, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was great. Um, interesting. I'm like, I feel like on a kind of trope level, I'm, I'm fairly easy because I think a lot of it is like how it's handled and like, is it do- like, especially for me now because I've read so many. I say that like, oh, I've read so many books, but like, obviously it's my job <laughs> <laughs> because I've read so many romances that I often it's more like it's is this something new that I've not seen before? Is it like a fresh yeah. take on it? Um, and I think that's probably more what I'm looking for, like, um, than necessarily like the tropes um, themselves. But I, I mean, a lot of book authors will now kind of sum up the book and be like, it, it's got, you know, your brother's best friend, this happens, this happens. you know, and you're like, yes, yeah. actually, those are all the things that I like. <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the marketing of it. Like, I will absolutely yeah. like delightful but ultimately I think um in terms of like what my favorites are I wouldn't necessarily say that any of them are like you know uh like gospel in terms of like it has to be that like just because like I say I've read quite a lot now and I think sometimes it's just like <laughs> doing something different that I've not really seen before um that kind of pushes something over from being like I enjoyed like something like the love hypothesis I did really enjoy it but it it was because it's quite trope heavy did feel a bit like not it felt very familiar which again sometimes you just Mm. want to be like want to like sit in the bath and want to read the entire book and I just want it to be like delicious and fun which is great but then when I'm when I'm thinking about the books that have kind of gone past that into like no this is like my favorite books like the ones that I you know like at the top are, are things that have kind of surprised me and like done something a bit different I think um yeah so what are some of those? Okay. What are some of your favorite books that have pushed you over the top? Right. So, yeah. So I think um, my favorite of all time is, um, and funnily enough, it's actually about a, um, a character with fertility issues, which I feel like is not something that like, comes up in my everyday life very often. Like, well, it's but... definitely not a popular, like, it, it's something people, not everyone can relate to. So it's not going to be mainstreamed. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, yeah. But I also think it's, I think because it's so... Um, it's so easy to do the like at the end of the book they're married and they've got a baby and that's the happy ever after that actually grappling with the fact that not a not everybody wants that obviously and that's fine and b like but also probably you know the some people can't have that when they want it and actually that that that, that doesn't mean that that precludes them from having a happily ever after either um Mm -hmm. But my favorite is called um, The Countess Conspiracy by Courtney Milan, which is a Victorian historical. Um, it's a friends to lovers. Um, and it's essentially about a woman called Violet who is a scientist, but she's a secret scientist because it's Victorian London. She's not allowed. It's, um, and essentially she, she works in the sort of Darwinian evolutionary science like field. And then her best friend, Sebastian, who's in love with her, um, puts, presents all her research as his own. Um, and, uh, and but he's as a result kind of hated for it because it's quite controversial because it's all about going against the church you know they say god has um you know kind of uh created life and you're saying it was you know evolution how dare you um and that sounds like such a like maybe not like the most enticing premise but just something about it i think it's because she's quite prickly um she's has quite a lot of trauma she's like a widow from uh like um like a, an abusive marriage essentially um 
Penn had had lots of miscarriages as part of that previous abuse marriage. So when they then come to get together, she's like, I'm not good enough for you because I can't, I don't want us to have a baby and I, or I can't give you a baby and I don't want to have the kind of sex that would result in that because I'm too scared. Like I, that's not, you know, I have my issues with that. And it's just, I think it's that same thing that I said earlier about like, I love her in it. She's wonderful and like so smart and strong and brilliant. And, and I love him because he loves her so much. And like the way that he then like demonstrates that love is like just a just perfect romance for me. I mean, Courtney Milan, I think is brilliant. I think what she's doing with historical because it is, um, it's just, yeah, just not like a lot of historicals that I've read. It's not like the Regency ballroom, which don't get me wrong. Love, you know, love me some Bridgerton, love all of that stuff but it's just something a little bit different and um, like that whole series like one of them is called the suffragette scandal so one of the, the characters is obviously a suffragette which you don't see a massive amount of or didn't that's kind of come through a little bit more um now um and like one of the i think the first one in the series they're like one of them's like a revolutionary like put handing out pamphlets about like you know getting rid of factory owners or whatever and then one of them's a duke who owns a load of factories so it's like the tension between that um so yeah so I feel like that's like that's my absolute favorite um I also like have a lot of love for again it's quite again quite like it's quite a dark topic but I think because it's romance you have that like um that emotional safety that you know it's going to come back the, but the one that kind of always come I always I've never reread it but that like sticks in my mind probably five years later after I read it, it was long shot by Kennedy Ryan I don't know if you've read anything by Kennedy Ryan but I would absolutely recommend it she's brilliant um but the book and it all the trigger warnings for this book, all of them, but essentially about a woman who's in a, in a, a violent relationship. That's not with the hero, to be clear. <laughs> the hero, they meet on like on a random like night. She's watching the basketball um at the bar, and he's a basketball player. And then it turn and they sort of like hit it off. Turns out she's the girlfriend of his like basketball rival. Um, and then it kind of goes along through their life where they kind of keep meeting, but she, but his basketball rival, terrible guy, do not recommend, very bad, very bad vibes. Um, so she's essentially in this like abusive relationship. Um, but she wants to be with the hero. And you think the whole time you're like, how is this ever going to work? Like every time she tries to get away, she can't for whatever reason. Um, it's very, I think it's very sensitively done in a kind of like, why wouldn't they leave? And all of those, like none of that, like, um it's I think I don't I mean I say I think it's realistic obviously <laughs> I'm lucky not to know whether it is or not but it feels very like authenticized and when I've heard her talk about it she did a lot of research a lot of interviews with people so I think she's like you know she's taken it very seriously doing this but I think because it's so emotional like the payoff is so good at the end because obviously it does all come good in the end I won't spoiler it but it's a romance so you know that it comes good in the end um <laughs> And I, I read it and this this sounds like a, such a bougie story. I'm sorry. But with my previous job, we went on a um, work trip to Barcelona. <laughs> and so I was reading it on this hotel rooftop with the pool and everything. And all my colleagues, I'm just like bawling my eyes out. And they're like, Amy, what is wrong? Like, how can you be upset in this moment? I was like, this book is too much. Because <laughs> obviously, like, it's just so emotionally cathartic because you go through this whole journey with her it spans such a long time um you know it's not kind of resolved within six months it's like it does span like quite a big chunk of their life um and again it's just that thing like not all authors would want to take that kind of a risk and write about something that is quite harrowing in a book that like you say a lot of people want that escapism and you know it's a genre of like that's typically described as like fluffy and cute or whatever mm. which again, don't get me wrong love a fluffy like <laughs> book all for those but 
I think it's that it sticks in my mind because I think I've never read anything else like that. No other romances. I mean, I say no other romances. Obviously, there will be other romances that touch on that subject, but it was like the first one. And it's such a good one. Like Kennedy Ryan is so talented. Um, I picked one of her books for the subs- her, her most recent book for the subscription a couple of months ago, um, uh, which was like a second chance um, romance about like a married couple again, which doesn't isn't a super common trope. Uh, I know it is a trope, but you don't see it an awful lot. Sort of like a marriage in trouble kind of thing again because I think maybe people think it's a bit too sad <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I don't know, like, and it's quite tricky to do to be like for two yeah. people to say we don't want to be together and then have get them to come back around and say they do it's harder than someone like oh maybe we'll get together maybe we'll flirt a bit and then and then we'll kind of get together <laughs> yeah. at the end and it will be fun. um so I think she's masterful which I think is kind of um you know the main thing but um yeah so those those are probably the two that like stick in my mind as being like the things that have surprised me they're both quite old but like I think because they've I know that they're like my favorite because I I still think about them and I've read them probably like say like yeah. four or five years ago maybe even longer than that um but I still like and I reread for another podcast The Countess Conspiracy which I very rarely reread because there's just so many books like how who's got I've not got the time <laughs> gotta keep moving but I reread it and I was like oh no I remember this is even better than I remember it like I was right to say this was my favorite I was right to do so um but yeah, there's a, there's kind of a few authors that I think do um, sort of surprise. I think historicals are quite fun, like a KJ Charles or a Kat Sebastian doing some interesting stuff in historicals. I always think Talia Hibbert books are um, kind of surprising um, to me anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's kind of like, there's some authors that I kind of come back to time and again, but sometimes stuff just comes across your desk and you're like, oh, that just sounds you know unusual. And that's like what's going to, I think, catch my attention at this point, um, because, like I say, yeah. kind of, not that it's like, you know, all the books are the same because they're not, obviously not. And like there is joy in those like ones that feel familiar, like the Life Hypothesis, I think is a good example of that. Um, like The Hating Game is still one of my favourites as well. Like now that now that I think <laughs> cliche, like the enemies to lovers in the workplace, they're both competing for the same promotion. But when that first came out, that was like. I've never like I remember reading it and being yeah. like at the end I'm like oh my god like <laughs> this is incredible like this is so um like the tension like I think no one writes tension like Sally Thorne I think where you're like oh yeah. my god just me, please oh my god <laughs> you're too dumb get together um but yeah but like now that book would maybe seem as like oh yeah like 100 books have been like that but you know at the time was kind of relatively new for yeah. what it is um, and again, I felt no, like I, remember, I remember reading that book. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, the, oh, they all sound all good, so I'm literally I'm adding them on my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad I remembered some when you said that. I'm like, oh god, I'm going to forget every single romance I've ever read. <laughs> Even though it's my job. Oh god, what is it? Um, so yeah. what? Obviously, it's February. Uh, it it is. It is. Yeah, it's February. It's the month of love. It's the month of romance. So, what what would you recommend right now for people to read? Oh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of like some more recent stuff that has come out. Um, one that I'm really excited about that's just come out that I've not read, so I'm not going to recommend it on that basis, but that I think be a really fun one is um and i've read other books by this author so i feel confident in saying it i think it'll be good it's chick magnet by emma barry it's about a hot vet 
and an influencer who keeps chickens. And I think mostly I just like it because Chick Magnet is just such a brilliant title. <laughs> Especially like, since they have chickens. Delightful... Yeah, like I just think it's such a delightful premise. Um, essentially, um, it's like a kind of grumpy sunshine. Um, you know, he's like, you're, you know, you shouldn't keep, you shouldn't be putting your chickens all over social media or <laughs> whatever. And she's like, how dare you? <laughs> it's what my impression of the book is. And I just think that's just going to be a really, really fun one. Um, the other one that's coming out, I think it's just come out in the States, but it's definitely coming out um, in a couple of weeks in the UK, um, just after Valentine's Day, is Glitterland by Alexis Hall. Alexis Hall being another author that I think is doing like loads of really interesting stuff. Like all of his books are like, there's a familiar tone to them I think but they but they're all so different um so yeah Glitterland it's about and again it doesn't sound like <laughs> I feel like I'm not the best at like selling them but it's about an um an author of um male male romance and an author who's quite depressed at the beginning of the book like actually depressed not like when you say oh, I'm so depressed like has depression and is struggling with his mental health um throughout the book to be fair so that's I think part of why it's so good is I feel like it's got quite good reference representation of that on the page um and then he meets on a night out um a guy who is from Essex which probably isn't a lot to you but this will understand what when I say like Rylan Clark from like or like one of the guys from TOWIE basically he speaks in an Essex (laughs) act in the book like the book is written in an Essex act it's delightful it's absolutely delightful and I think it's done so perfectly well because you could go over the top with that mm-hmm. but it's done it's Alexis Hall so it's done perfectly um <laughs> and he's like I think he's described as like a glitter pirate so he's like super super grumpy sunshine like he's like spreading joy wherever he goes um and then the author the depressed author is also kind of grumpy so he's like oh god um and there isn't a massive amount of plot in terms of like what actually happens but I just think it's like a perfect when I read well, I just oh it's just a perfect book um and I think that's one that I would definitely uh definitely recommend I mean any Alexis Hall book ever is brilliant but that one's coming out soon so I would say it's uh it would be um it would be a good one maybe for after Valentine's Day because it's like I say there's some there's a little bit of a heavy, heavy material in there but not loads I don't think I don't personally think it it wasn't like depressing to read um or like as difficult as something like long shot with the sort of domestic violence storyline um maybe if you have your own um experience with mental health that might be a bit triggering but um so tread tread lightly with it but um i think it's done and i think because of the levity of the sort of essex accent and like that at one point it's it's um it's a reprint so it was originally published a few years ago and it's I, ha- I happen to be rewatching the first season of TOWIE at the same time as reading it. <laughs> <laughs> it must be set at the same time. Uh, TOWIE being the only way is Essex, uh, a reality TV show um, that is not particularly <laughs> um, literary, shall we say, um, but which, which I enjoyed at the time. And I, I haven't watched it for years, but I um, happened to be rewatching it at the same time. And I was like, oh, this is just like so delicious and so fun. They have like an Essex fashion week and they have to go and like, you can just imagine he's like he's like got fake tan he's got the white teeth he's got the whole the whole thing and it's just mm. so you know and obviously all the the author's friends are very fancy and whatever now they kind of look down on the guy who's the essex glitter pirate um but obviously said glitter pirate is like i am who i am you either love it or you don't um and i think that's uh, i just think it's just delightful i think it's so fun and it's a uh, yeah 
like I say, it's being republished um, and there's a bit of a series coming um, of the rest of them. They, they are available in ebook already, but they're getting um, the same treatment as, like I say, a lot of these books are getting kind of re-picked up and like um, published, which were self-published before and being properly published, properly published. That's not right. I mean, traditionally published. <laughs> Don't start a riot, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that sounds like it's definitely going to be a good read. Yeah, <laughs> would recommend. Um, OK. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, I could go on forever, but I feel like I already have. <laughs> so what are you, what, what are you currently reading at the moment? Um, what am I currently reading at the moment? I am reading, um, the new Tessa Bailey at the moment, which is also coming out, I believe, on the 17th of February in the UK. Uh, I think it's out next week in the, in the States. Um, and I'm, because I'm jammy and I get sent, sometimes get sent, uh, advanced copies. Um, so I've, uh, I've got that one. I've literally only just read like the first few pages. So, um, I mean, I think anyone, if you've ever read a Tessa Bailey book, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. They're very, it's a very solid, you know, you know what you're going to get. Um, you know, you get some, some like humorous shenanigans, some excellent dirty talk, like, you know, so a few fun side characters, just like, 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 you know, just a delicious, like, um, fun read, which I'm looking forward to that. Um, although my son did steal it off me and started trying to read it early. He's just started learning. He's just, le- just started learning to read. Um, so he can just about. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but I don't think this is the one for you. Let's find something else. Is that Tessa Bailey <laughs> one? Is that the secretly yours? Yeah, secretly yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah that comes out yeah. this week here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's the week after for us, which I never understand one hundred percent why. I know there are like logistical concerns. It's so silly. I will never understand, but it does frustrate me a little bit when mm. um, and that. That's only like a week's difference, but sometimes it can be months. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah. you can buy it on ebook here, but not in paperback because the ebook is under the. Uh, yeah. So again, I'm sure <laughs> who works in publishing would be able to explain why that is, but it's never made never made sense. Same as like why Game of Thrones used to be on Sunday nights for the US and then Monday nights for us. You had to like avoid all the spoilers. Same like just put it on the same. Night. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's reasons. It's crazy. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Amy, I we appreciate you taking some time out of your afternoon and your evening over there to join us and be here. Um, we are going to have you participate in our speed round that we do at the end of every episode. It is a either or speed round. So we have 10 questions in an either or format. You have to pick one or the other with no explanation. This is where I always fail. Because I always <laughs> want to defend my answers, and I've yeah, tried. Holly tries to defend everything. I do, but I've gotten a lot better. Like we've been doing the show now for about a yeah. year and a half, and I've gotten a lot better. So, oh, she is. Yeah. All right. So, Liz, I'm ready. All right. Whenever you're ready, okay. what's what order do you want us to go in? Okay, so we'll go Amy, Holly, me. So, yeah. but I will read them out. Okay, are you ready? We're ready. Okay, so obviously this is a Valentine's edition one, so it'd be all about romance and aspects of of romance novels. Uh, So the first one is uh, friends to lovers or enemies to lovers? Enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Got to be enemies to lovers. (laughs) Um, Softcore or all the smut? All the smut. (laughs) Hello. I know. See, I can't defend my answer. Um, 
do all the smut. It's got to be all the smut. Seriously, <laughs> you, you wanted to get yourself caught in Holly. I know you did. Well, it's because sometimes <laughs> it just gets too overwhelming, and they want to put so much in there, and it takes away from everything else in the story. Like, I like good smut, but at the same time, I don't need it in every other page. That's all. Oh, I agree. Be, it has to be well done and, like, well placed. There's some books that are, like, smut from cover to cover, and you're like, there's still an emotional arc there. You feel, like, satisfied yeah. at the end. Some that have the other way where it's like, that was just kind of shoehorned in them. Like, no, I agree. See? Exactly. It's basically the difference between a porno and a, and a book, basically. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, you know, everyone has their thing. Crack it in, you'll get the judgment from me, but I agree. I would like to read, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, fantasy, romance, or rom-com? Rom-com. Fantasy, romance. I did this question. Uh, I'm going to rom-com. Uh <laughs> Slow burn or love at first sight? Oh, I think slow burn. Yeah, I think no slow burn. I would say slow burn. Yeah, I'd say slow burn. Cute and fluffy or dark and sexy? Um. Oh, that's. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we need dark and sexy. I'm a mood reader, so it depends on what mood I'm in. Um, but I would probably. I know, I know. Um, but I'm going to go dark and sexy. I'm going to go dark and sexy. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Chocolate or roses? Chocolate. Roses. Oh, roses. Mm. Fancy dinner or home cooked meal? Fancy dinner. Fancy dinner. Yeah, fancy dinner. <laughs> witty sarcastic banter exactly exactly <laughs> yeah especially if you don't have to pay then go it all out oh yeah <laughs> um witty sarcastic banter or sweet mushy dialogue hmm. i think probably the witty sarcastic banter for me oh i love a good sarcastic witty banter yeah i was gonna say banter as well uh best friends x or rivals oh i think rivals I think rivals too. Yeah, I'm gonna get best friends X just for the diversity. Yeah, the angst angst and the uh, just like the the controversy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, final one: Uh, lovers in denial or arranged marriage? Interesting. I think. Probably lovers in denial. Um, I think just to change it up, I think I might go arranged marriage. You don't see a lot of that, and that could be interesting. Something different. Uh, okay, I'm gonna get lovers in denial. All right, <laughs> yeah, that is it. We survived speed round with only a couple slight deviations and tangents. All right. <laughs> That, that's that's who we are, though. Um, yeah. All right, Amy, thank you again for being here. Why don't you thank tell you the listeners much. where they can find you online? So if they're interested in learning more about your your books and ordering from you, they can find you. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've had a lovely time. Um, <laughs> so you can find and Words and Kisses is at wordsandkisses.com. Um, and then I'm on probably Instagram is like the main place outside of that, which is um, Words and Kisses Club, or at Words and Kisses Club, I should say. Um, but everything's linked on the website. So that's probably the 
the best place to go in the first instance and then you can find anything else from there awesome and liz where can people find you online yep so um my website address is lizzie's little book nook.co.uk and i'm pretty much the same for instagram so i'm at lizzie's little book nook Holly, how about you? So my website is uh, uh, azdesertbookworm.com, and that is also where I'm at on Instagram. Is uh, my Instagram is azdesert underscore bookworm. So um, so check us out, and we will be back. Liz has not started, but our next episode will drop on March 13th. We will be back for our next episode of the Speaking Literally Book Club, where. What are we reading and talking about, Liz? We are going to be reading a behemoth of a book <laughs> called 112263 by Stephen King. So when I say behemoth, I mean about 800 plus pages. Yeah, it's um, like 850 I need to pages. Start reading that. <laughs> 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 like, I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub it in, rub it in. Because I feel like I'd have to look at, I'd have to do ebooks. I'm like, I can't know how many more pages I've got because I'll never, like, psychologically, I'll never get through that. <laughs> See, and for me, I like having the paperback because I have a, a like a little book thing I'm using as a bookmark. So every time oh. I finish reading, I put the bookmark in and I look and I'm like, oh look, that's all I've got left, or oh look at how much I, it makes me feel good about myself. So, yeah. See, <laughs> but yes, I'm I can totally both. see that. I like on on Kindle. I like seeing the percentage change. Yeah. So you start on like five percent, and you're like, oh, I've read fifteen percent today. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but then I just feel like when eight hundred pages, the percentage would go up so slowly. It, oh, it's so, so yeah. So in, in a re- in one reading, I'd probably go up maybe two percent if that. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> probably good. I'm reading physical. Yeah, no, <laughs> so it'll be fun, um, just to see if we actually finish the book by the time we talk about it, and you know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? We can do this. (laughs) But until then, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you're reading some great books and have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And we will be back in March. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Bye.